0: You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, we test our personalities!
1: Life, the universe, and everything else explores issues of science, critical thinking, and secular humanism. If you have questions or comments about the show, or you'd like to suggest a topic, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at lueepodcast at WinnipegSkeptics.com. Show notes and references can be found at lueepodcast.com.
0: My name is Ashlyn Noble, and I'll be your host today. Uh, With me on the show, I have Laura Creek Newman. Hi there. Jem Newman. Hello. And Lauren Bailey. Howdy. So today, we decided to take a bunch of the more popular and more bizarre personality tests that are out there and put ourselves through the horrible experience of taking them all. (laughs) (laughs) and discuss our results and whether they have any scientific backing at all. I don't have a ton of intro for this one, so I thought we could just get right into talking about possibly the most well-known personality quiz of all, the Myers-Briggs.
1: Myers-Briggs is probably the original personality test. Well, I mean, not the, not the original personality test. I mean, astrologers have been around for a long time. But <laughs> whether it's a leadership aptitude test in a business seminar, a Cosmo relationship quiz, or BuzzFeed's Which Star Wars Cantina Alien Are You? If you trace its origin back far enough, you'll probably end up at Myers-Briggs. I love
0: BuzzFeed quizzes so much. Especially the food ones, where you get to, like, decide a whole menu, and then it tells you what your dominant personality is or something. I love those. They make no sense, and I love them.
2: Spoilers, they're probably a bit more accurate than the Myers-Briggs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I am clearly Muftak, the four-eyed towel's pickpocket who frequents Chalbun's Moss Isley Cantina, though I also identify with Ellis Hellrod.
2: Clearly.
1: Humans like categorization, and we're also pretty self-absorbed. So what could be better than answering a few questions and then being told all about what our own personal special talents and strengths are? The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI, is a questionnaire that classifies individuals into one of 16 personality types. The test was developed by Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers—not Myers-Briggs—in the early 1940s. Neither Cook-Briggs nor briggs Myers had any training in the field of psychology. Uh, Catherine Cook-Briggs had studied agriculture and was a schoolteacher, while her daughter had a degree in political science. The Myers-Briggs type indicator is based on Carl Jung's speculative model of personality. Uh, Speculative being a generous term for something he just kind of thought about, mostly made up. (laughs) In his book, Psychological Types, Jung theorized that humans experience the world by way of four primary psychological functions—sensation and intuition, which are the perceiving functions, and thinking and feeling, the judging functions. One of these functions can be dominant in an individual, and these functions are moderated by one of two attitude types—introversion or extroversion. MBTI takes these three pairs of traits— sensing versus intuition, feeling versus thinking, introversion versus extroversion, and adds a fourth category, perception versus judging, which really just tries to determine which of the first two categories is dominant in the individual. Each pair is considered dichotomous. That means either you favor sensing or intuition, either you're introverted or you're extroverted. Each question in the Myers-Briggs test is a forced choice, with each answer corresponding to one of the two traits in the dichotomy. Are you more firm or gentle? Are you more interested in facts or principles? Do you initiate conversation or wait to be approached? You have to pick one or the other. There is no middle ground. Now, some tests that are based on the Myers-Briggs do introduce some middle ground, but the Myers-Briggs test itself very consciously makes it a forced choice. So you have to choose one of the two dichotomous Mm -hmm. answers
0: and some of them are bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you've completed all of the questions, you tally the results. Did you respond to the perception questions more often with answers related to sensing or intuition? For each of the four dichotomies, an individual can have one of two possible traits, and that makes for 16 possible personality types because 2 to the power of 4 is 16. MBTI testing has been widely used in business settings, especially during management training, where some personality types are believed to make for better leadership material. It's also commonly used in evaluating romantic compatibility. Laura and I actually took the test as part of our marriage prep course. Before we go through some criticisms of Myers-Briggs, you all took the test. What did you
0: think? I really hated a lot of the questions. There were some where I just didn't even understand what they were asking. Like, I think the worst one was, uh, fundamentals or overtones. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what?
3: (laughs) I don't understand what aspect of this personality they're judging.
1: Yeah, some of the... They
3: they wanted to know, do you want, like, the concrete nuts and bolts of what's going on, or do you want the overview and the ideas that it can produce? Then they use more than one word. I know, exactly, (laughs) but that's what they want. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there were a few that had me scratching my head. One of them was are you more often a cool-headed person or a warm-hearted person? And right. I don't I don't think anybody's ever used either of those to describe me.
3: Well, and I don't see those as mutually exclusive at no, all. Right. Some of the some of the pairs as you said, Jem, are very much the opposites of each other, so it makes sense, but a lot of them, it's like how do you believe that you cannot be one or the other. Or why do you think that this is the opposite of that one? For sure. Another one that
0: I found very bizarre was, do you value in yourself more that you are unwavering or devoted? And to me, those things are pretty similar.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I didn't really understand which distinction
2: they were trying to go for. I think it was looking at more, and this is just my interpretation of their nonsense. (laughs) um, How do you see yourself? Are you more of like a hard line? I'm unwavering. Or are you, I'm devoted to this.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: know. The test that we took was a free test that is is based on, on... an older version of the MBTI is if you want to take the current version, uh, as I'll get into in a little bit, it uh, it can get pricey. How did everybody do? What did you, what did you get? I failed. <laughs> you you <laughs> failed? No <laughs> personality. No personality. <laughs> no. Well, I can go first
2: if you want, because I've done this bunkum like probably a dozen times. Sure. Started when I was in grade nine. The psychologist I was seeing was like incredibly Jungian. Like this was his, the first thing out of his mouth was the... Like, how wonderful Jung was.
1: So your psychologist was uh, Niles Crane. Go on. Yeah, pretty much. And And also,
3: that's what a
2: 14-year-old cares about. (laughs) (laughs) We had a conversation because I was that (laughs) 14-year-old. Fair enough. That was the first out of the many, many times I've done the Myers-Briggs. But most of the time, I've either come up with an INFJ or an INTJ rating, depending on where I am in in my life. You're laughing, Ashlyn.
0: I got the same. <laughs> of course you did.
2: <laughs> but this time around, both my SN and my TF were 9 and 11, respectively.
1: So that's to say they're very close, a single... Yeah, they
2: yeah. were a single digit away. Um, my T slash F factor has always been kind of whichever way the wind blows, but I remember the SN being a lot more concrete before, So, but I haven't taken it in probably about a decade. People change, believe it or not.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll get into it's that too. Like
3: life experience affects our perception and mm. actions in the future. I've written
2: down my scores here introvert, extrovert. Guess what I got? Anybody?
1: Uh, Pretty solid introvert.
0: 10 like, out of 10 introvert. Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> you won, Lauren. I won. Nobody can talk to me ever. <laughs> I didn't even get that bad.
2: <laughs> because you like people. Mm-mm. You fake it better than I do. Mm hmm. <laughs> You weren't on your first day back at work after two and a half weeks. <laughs> yes, I was. Having meetings. <laughs> Look at all these
0: qualifications just throwing out
2: there. That's just like the Myers-Briggs test. My SN was nine sensing and 11 intuitive. Sure, whatever. TF is nine thinking and 11 feeling. For my judging and perceiving, it was six judging to four perceiving. According to various write-ups, the INFJ is the protector or the advocate <laughs> personality type. So my strengths are, apparently, and all the emphasis in here is mine, one, warm and affectionate. Meh. Two, dedicated to achieving the ultimate relationship.
1: (laughs) Well, you are collecting lots of
3: partners. It's a bingo card. (laughs) (laughs) Going for a full house.
2: (laughs) Three, sensitive and concerned for others' feelings. Sure, we can give them that. Four, usually have good communication skills, especially written. Yes, I can denote sarcasm in ten different media. Five, I take commitments very seriously and seek lifelong relationships. And this is contraindicated with my borderline personality disorder. So I'm not sure what's real and what is my mental disorders. I am very quick to discard people who have wronged me. So I will cut that relationship off like it's a wart. Number six, I have very high expectations for self and others. And I'm thinking I'm really jaded. I have no expectations for others. (laughs) <laughs> it may be my cuspiness between Gen X and Gen Y, though. Good listeners. Nope, not one of those. Eight, able to move on after a relationship has ended. And this doesn't make sense with one of the weaknesses below. So the weaknesses, I'm sure I'm going into this way more than you wanted, tend to see the back part of themselves. Not good with money or day-to-day life. No, nope, I would be much better with a living wage, because capitalism sucks. <laughs> Extreme dislike of conflict and cri- criticism. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm right there with you.
2: Yeah, I have very high expectations for self and others. For self, not for others. And I have difficulty leaving bad relationships, which is counterindicated with the other one. But that's a nope. Hmm.
1: I'm actually curious where you are getting these weaknesses from. Because a lot of the write-ups that I was able to find, including the one on MyersBriggs.org, I had trouble finding anything aside from, like, sort of glowing and fluffy discussions of these type indicators. These were
2: right in the... That giant pamphlet PDF yeah. that you... Oh, yeah, okay. they're at the bottom. Yeah. They were Each pet personality test had it on page three of the write-up. Oh,
1: right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. One, uh,
2: one thing yeah. I have to say is I am super annoyed with this write-up and test thingy because it uses apostrophes after initialisms to note plurals. But only sometimes.
1: Like, most of the time it does. Occasionally it doesn't. Yeah, that, that the is, uh, apostrophes after initialisms annoys me.
2: That is one of the things I am super judgy about, and oh,
1: I just couldn't. So Ashlyn, you said that you you got one of the uh, one of the types that Lauren uh, also got.
0: Well, actually, um, I the one that I fifty would on was the the third one. So I am also an INFJ slash INTJ. TJ, yeah. Oh, INTJs are
2: quintessential technical writers. So you could come and work with <laughs> me. Yeah. So I
0: was either the protector or the scientist. And, Mm -hmm. like, I I totally see why these things appeal to people, because I was reading the write-ups, and it's just like astrology. When you are reading the thing, you go, yeah, that sounds like me, yeah, that sounds like me, that sounds like me.
1: Yep. Um, That's That's the forer effect at work. Yes,
0: yes. And I think one of my favorite bits of analysis that I saw was uh, this person likes to make projects out of your relationships and, and goals and, like, that ties in so well to, like, how I always want to have all these different goals happening and hmm. projects that I'm working on. And- Is this why I get gold stars? <laughs> no, that's or- for doing your chores, honey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's why you don't get any. <laughs>
1: You're
0: walking. I drove you here. (laughs) I have the keys in my purse. Uh, So, yeah, like, I I could definitely see myself in both of those categories. Um, It appealed to me that the, I think it was the protector one, is, like, only 1% of the population has this type. And I'm like, ooh, I could be special. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, quintessentially my personality. I want to be weird and different and pick the purple puppy. (laughs) (laughs) I sure had difficulty with some of the questions. Like some of them, it was literally like a coin flip. I don't know what either of these means and I don't care. I pick this one. (laughs) So maybe if I took a different version of the test, it would be more definitive. Like the the I and the J were for sure, those were pretty clear. The two in the middle were very iffy.
1: Laura? Extrovert,
0: extrovert, extrovert.
3: I actually split the difference on (laughs) extrovert and introvert. I got five and five on that. So I chose extrovert. Um, You're an ambivert. (laughs) 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 You're
2: like an amiibo, but for people. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I I chose uh, extrovert. Um, Introvert is fine, but I would say I am more likely to want to go back to people over time than I am to want to retreat from people. So... How? I know. I'm sitting in the wrong room here. Um, So anyway, so I got an ESFJ here, which is the caregiver, which is... Ah. Like all these... (laughs) Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
1: These cute names are good.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, warm and energetic, loves other people, wants to do what they can to take care of other people. That makes sense. So strengths, take care of people. Weaknesses doesn't do things to take care of self. So aside from the introvert extrovert, I was pretty decisively on one side or the other of all of them. They weren't huge spreads, but except for the, uh, the judging and perception. But um, it was pretty, pretty decisive. And that kind of makes sense there. But again, like we've talked about a lot of the questions, it was like, well, I'm going to choose one, but I don't think that these are opposites of each other. So I Mm -hmm. could just as easily choose another one. So caregiver is a good thing, I guess. Do you
0: remember if you got the same result when you did it
3: back in the day? I have no idea. I do not know. I can't tell if it's the same thing or not. One thing that I noticed with this, not that I've
2: talked about it enough, because I've done it so many times, and I think I've done this version before, I had a really hard time being objective with the questions, going... I know what they want me to answer here to get the answer that I should have.
3: And that's interesting to say I should. And I was, I'm was i wondering, though, if is it possible that part of that is just that you're familiar with it and you know I always answer this way? Yeah. And so there's that tendency to just answer the way that you always answer versus how am I feeling today? Right, like thinking about it deeply. Yeah. yeah. I've done
2: all of these tests before and I had to really think doing them this time that I would, like, no, answer really. Don't answer... How you think you should answer,
1: due to your personality types from before.
3: So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jem, what type are you?
1: So we're going to go four for four on people splitting the types. <laughs> uh, I was either uh, an ISTJ or an INTJ. Uh, so going with the cute names that uh, a lot of the Myers-Briggs uh, tests will provide these uh, these little names for all of the labels. Uh, going with those, I'm either a scientist or a duty fulfiller, which, uh, yeah, no, that, that that works for me. I was solidly introverted, no surprise there, but I did manage to answer exactly half of the perception questions with sensing and half with intuition. Hey, did you get 10 out of 10 introversion? Oh. I don't. Uh, I, I Actually, I, I've got that right here. I, I got think. 8
3: out of 10. I got 5.
1: <laughs> I got 9 out of 10. I got judging versus perception was... Uh, I was very solidly judging versus perceiving and very solidly introverted. I was split right down the middle, 10 out of 20 for sensing and intuition, which surprised me because I was definitely very... When I took the test originally, I was an ISTJ, like all the way, I think. Maybe it was an INT. I, it, it was very solid. Like, I had nothing near the middle last time I took it. Um,
3: you were a lot more hardline in your approach to everything at that point in your life, yeah. though. So it, the fact that it's changed and that it is split doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. I did have a a, a close split. I had a 60-40 split on thinking and feeling, um, which was also a bit of a surprise. But no contest in perception versus judging. Judging all the way. Let's look at these descriptions here. I'll start with duty-fulfiller. Uh, <laughs> apparently, as an ISTJ, name. I am focused internally, where uh, I take things in via my five senses in a literal, concrete fashion. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I deal with things rationally and logically. ISTJs tend to believe in laws and traditions and expect the same of others. Okay, okay wait, hold on.
3: <laughs> um, uh,
1: they're not comfortable with breaking laws or going against the rules. Uh, if they are able to see a good reason for stepping outside of the established mode of doing things, an ISTJ will support that effort. Uh, okay, so we're hedging a bit here. However, ISTJs more often tend to believe that things should be done according to procedures and plans. Yeah, okay. If an ISTJ has not developed their intuitive side sufficiently, they may become overly obsessed with structure and insist on doing everything by the book. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ISTJ is extremely dependable on following through uh, with things which he or she has promised. Um, and it, it goes on from there. Uh, so some of this does seem very accurate, almost uncannily so, uh, until you realize that I answered questions that asked about these things directly. It's, right, it's right. simply regurgitating Do what you I gave Do you like organization? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, you like organization? <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and in areas where the test attempts to make inferences beyond the scope of its questions, it tends to get into trouble, like (laughs) that ISTJs tend to believe in laws and traditions. Well, I'm an atheist, and I have been probably accurately described as an (laughs) anarcho-socialist. So at the very least, I'm vehemently (laughs) anti-authoritarian. I do like rules, uh, but... You like your own self-imposed rules. right. Yeah, And uh, if we go back to the scientist It gets a little weird Because the definition that they use for intuition Which is Jung's definition Which I think Laura might get into Is not the standard definition of intuition But they, uh, the fact that they frame the scientists As intuitive versus sense-based Was, uh, was quite uh, strange to me
3: Just as a side note I feel like the definition of sensing and intuition Is almost backwards Because they use intuition in a way that is not at all what we would call intuition right now. And same thing with sensing. Yeah, Yeah. so every time I read it, I get confused. They've never
2: made sense to me.
3: No, it's just like, use a different word, please. Mm -hmm. They mean, like, sensing
2: and intuiting something mean the same thing to me. Yeah. In a broad sense of Yeah.
1: Yeah. INTJs live in a world of ideas and strategic planning. They value intelligence, knowledge, and competence. Their mind constantly gathers information and makes associations about it. They are tremendously insightful, and usually very quick to understand new ideas. However, their primary interest is not understanding a concept, but rather applying that concept in a useful way. INTJ's tremendous value and need for systems and organization, combined with their natural insightfulness, makes them excellent scientists. An INTJ scientist gives a gift to society by putting their ideas into a useful form for others to follow. It is not easy for INTJs to express their internal images, insights, and abstractions. The internal form of the INTJs' thoughts and concepts is highly individualized and is not readily translatable into a form that others will understand. Uh, This uh, makes sense to me. It's why I'm such a bad podcaster. Um, (laughs) However, their extreme respect of knowledge and intelligence will motivate them to explain themselves to another person if they feel it deserving of the effort, blah, 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 blah. Frankly, uh, this all sounds indistinguishable uh, from an astrological reading to me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to some of the criticisms of the Myers-Briggs. Wait, we weren't already doing that? Many of the critiques of Myers-Briggs begin with the fact that the test was not conceived by psychologists, but its defenders are quick to point out that its origins are irrelevant, uh, and that the evidence should be evaluated on its own merits. Unfortunately, the evidence is not particularly impressive. (laughs) One of the most basic criticisms leveled against MBTI is that its predictive power is poor. It's simply not insightful. While a large body of research exists that purports to validate the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, especially as applied in a business setting, this research has drawn heavy criticism from research psychologists for its lack of methodological rigor with most of these studies produced for conferences put on by the Center for the Application of Psychological Type, which makes a lot of money off of the Myers-Briggs test. Psychologist Robert Hogan dismisses the MBTI as little more than an elaborate fortune cookie. While a systematic review from the 90s found that MBTI fails to predict specific outcomes related to either professional success or interpersonal relationships, concluding, quote, It is clear that efforts to detect simplistic linkages between type preferences and managerial effectiveness have been disappointing. Indeed, given the mixed quality of research and the inconsistent findings, no definitive conclusion regarding these relationships can be drawn. As it relies on self-reporting, the MBTI has also been criticized for its lack of objectivity. Even when an individual is honest, evaluators have no means of determining whether answers accurately reflect an individual's personality and behavior, or simply their aspirations, or even their mood. And this is something that I found when completing all of these tests that we did for this episode. Uh, I found myself having to go back and revise answers because I thought, no, you know, I think... I want to think this way or feel this way, Mm -hmm. but in reality, I actually behave this This
0: way. This is who I want to be, rather than who Mm -hmm. I am.
1: The nail in the coffin, though, is the solid statistical evidence that the personality traits measured by the MBTI are not actually dichotomies. Myers-Briggs contends that an individual is either introverted or extroverted, favors either sensation or intuition, thinking or feeling, judging or perceiving, If these traits were real dichotomies, and people actually tended to fall into these categories, we would expect to see what's known as a bimodal distribution, in which people's scores on any given category tend to fall at either end of a spectrum, with fewer scores in the middle. However, when you actually look at the data, we see that scores tend to be normally distributed. That means there's a central peak that falls off toward either extreme. The central tenet of MBTI is flawed. For any of these dichotomies, most people fall pretty close to the middle. Mm -hmm. And which of the two dichotomies they get classified in ends up being fairly arbitrary. This phenomenon actually explains another curious aspect of Myers-Briggs. Upon retaking the test, many people receive a different result, with half of respondents receiving a different type when they retake the test only five weeks later, and three-quarters having a different type after nine months. Have you ever run into somebody who knows their four-letter MBTI initialism?
3: I always have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of Twitter bios with it. (laughs)
3: Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, God, another reason I hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they, they, there are many reasons. That's, that's pretty low on my list, but... <laughs> yeah. F you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People who know their initialism, like, they do tend to like it, right? Like, I, I, I've heard a lot of people who've taken the test really, like, come away with a positive, sort of glowing feeling about it. And the Forer effect, which uh, I mentioned earlier, can explain to some degree why people... I think, tend to take MBTI seriously. The forer effect is, uh, what that means is when presented with a a vague but positive statement that we're told applies specifically to us, we tend to rate that statement as highly accurate, even though it can apply to most people. Then again, I'm a Libra, just the sort of thing a Libra would say. (laughs) Well, there is one thing that the MBTI is definitely good for, and that is making money for the Myers-Briggs Foundation and its (laughs) associated corporations— The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is a registered trademark, and taking an official version of the test costs between $50 and $75. Is it insightful? Is it predictive? Or does it just provide a flattering but ultimately useless categorization? At the end of the day, it seems to me that the primary use of the MBTI isn't insight. It's to make yourself feel good. It's a nice story about how special you are. And that's fine. It's important to feel good about yourself. But Myers-Briggs sells itself as so much more than that. I'm not suggesting that MB should make you feel bad about yourself or present your personality as flawed in some deep way, but as it stands, it seems like it's mostly meaningless fluff. And while uh, some versions of the test also present you with uh, weaknesses and challenges, that tends to be downplayed. You have to read to
2: page four. (laughs) Yeah, you have to read all the way to page four.
1: Relationships can be challenging. And it's easy to see the appeal of a tool that claims to provide an objective measure of romantic compatibility. Laura and I have been together for 14 years, and it hasn't always been easy. After all, she's a Leo and I'm a Libra, which, according to astrostyle.com, means that we're both social butterflies who love a night on the town, and that can lead to jealousy. As we all know, Leos love to hog the spotlight, while a non-confrontational Libra like me will never compete for the stage. And if there's one thing our listeners know about Laura, it's that her segments are interminable and you can never get her to stop talking. But, you know, we understand these things about each other, and it's okay. God. It would be so weird if every baby born for a whole month was an extrovert and then it
0: switched. Like, that's just such a bizarre idea.
1: I guess what I'm saying is relationships are difficult, and understanding the differences between your outlook and the ways that your partner or partners see the world can be helpful. But dropping everyone into one of 16 pat categories is going to be an approximation at best. Introspection is important, but so is honest communication. So use your words. Talk to each other about how you feel and what you need. And remember, when it's time to shut up.
0: So as mentioned, there are hundreds and hundreds of personality tests that are based on the Myers-Briggs. Uh, has anybody ever done the uh, the OK Cupid quiz? No. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. So the OK Cupid quiz had like a dozen subtypes that you could be and you were supposed to find people who were the compatible subtypes and it was really, really ridiculous. Is that what their
3: algorithm was based on? Uh,
0: Initially, but then you could also answer like a million other questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. But like the first thing you were supposed to do was take this this dating personality quiz. So we're going to talk about a couple others that are based on the MBTI, starting with DISC. First of all, before I get to DISC,
2: as we were listening to Jem pontificate, if you go to wizards.com, you can take the DD alignment test. So that, that one is not based on Myers-Briggs.
1: I'm going to do that one right now.
2: I'm chaotic good. Yeah, well, I know probably.
0: what everybody tells me I am. Wizards. Wizards.com.
3: Yeah, Wizards of the Coast.
0: Do I have to? No. Okay. I'm that's gonna, like above my nerd all, threshold all, for the I day, think I
1: think.
0: Do it live! Oh, I like this. Do you respect the leaders of your family? They're often out of touch with my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I actually find the questions in this one much more relevant to my life than, like, the Myers-Briggs question. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Sorry. Your community is threatened with invasion, huh? It's like Wizards has been reading too much Molyneux. If offered enough money, would you slip poison into your king's drink? Uh, yes, of course, because I'm not a monarchist. <laughs> <laughs> You should have Brendan take (laughs) this (laughs)
3: quick.
2: Laura is dying from the geekiness in this.
3: It's very nerdy. <laughs> Your threshold for nerdy is so skewed. I'm just gonna say, all three of you.
0: Like, it's not more nerdy than a fantasy novel. It's not that most of
2: these the You guys D&D do not specific. understand
3: how not nerdy my life is, okay?
2: Ashlyn, she's one of them normal people.
3: So I'm weird. a normie over here, okay? Just... You have a hard time with this poison question.
0: I think I'd warn the king, hoping to get riches from it.
2: Oh, boy.
0: This, this quiz is a lot longer
1: than I thought it was. am sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's almost it,
2: done. it seemed much shorter while Jem was talking. <laughs> oh. All right, so I got chaotic good. Ashlyn. Chaotic neutral. Ooh, Dave keeps telling me I'm chaotic neutral.
3: <laughs> Laura. Lawful good.
2: You paladin. <laughs> this is a good thing.
0: Okay. It's a lawful thing. Jem.
2: <laughs> chaotic good.
0: <laughs> I got like the least good one, and everybody always tells me I'm lawful good.
2: You are lawful good.
0: Not according to this quiz! <laughs> because you're pretending to be a murder hobo! No, I'm not! I answered as me!
2: Alright. Live diversion aside, who's ready for the disc personality model?
3: I don't understand it at all. Why is only one letter not capitalized?
1: I couldn't figure out what one of the letters stood for. <laughs>
3: like, so, this is
0: a very bad test.
1: I clicked around. And I was pretty sure I figured out all of them except for I. <laughs> because there's only three
0: categories. D-S-C. And that's oh. why the I isn't capitalized. Why do you oh, get an okay. well, rating, what? Oh, do you? I only yeah. have three.
2: No. What? No, you have this... Well, let me explain. Okay. The DISC personality model was first developed by psychologist William Moulton Marston, who also contributed to the creation of the lie detector, the systolic blood pressure test, and... Gem...
1: Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the little lie detector guy was Wonder Woman. We shouldn't call was him Wonder Woman. Was Wonder Woman? <laughs> <laughs> no, i not. No,
2: he's not. I mean, maybe. His wives were. Because DISC is a wholly owned property, it is very difficult to find any sort of non-proprietary information with a cursory Google search because they have scrubbed the internet of anything bad about them. In 1928, Marston published Emotions of Normal People. <laughs> in which he elaborated on his newly created disk model. And Marston views people behaving along two axes, with their attention being either passive or active, depending on the individual's perception of their environment as either favorable or antagonistic. By placing the axes at right angles, four quadrants form, as you can see on the podcast the fact that I'm making a cross with my arms. Each of these quadrants describes a behavioral pattern. Dominance produces activity in an antagonistic environment. Inducement produces activity in a favorable environment. Submission produces passivity in a favorable environment. And compliance produces passivity in an antagonistic environment. Marston posited that there is a masculine notion of freedom that is inherently inert and violent and an opposing feminine notion based on love allure. That leads to an ideal state of submission to loving authority. There is so much to unpack there. (laughs) Mm. Let's start unpacking with the near erasure of Elizabeth Holloway Marston, who was both a psychologist and an attorney. She also worked on the development of the DISC model and the systolic blood pressure test, and several writers refer to her, sadly, unpublished work more than they refer to her husband's. The Marstons had another polyamorous partner, Olive Byrne, who raised their combined four children while William researched and appeared in Gillette commercials, and Elizabeth supported the family as an attorney and a psychologist. So both Elizabeth and Olive were personality models for Wonder Woman, and it's a shame that their stories are continuously overshadowed by William, including in the recent biopic about their lives. I like to see that. Anyway, back to disc. In 1956, Walter Clark an industrial psychologist, constructed the DISC assessment using Marston's theory of the DISC model. He did this by publishing the Activity Vector Analysis, which is a checklist of adjectives on which he asked people to indicate descriptions that were accurate about themselves. About ten years later, Walter Clark Associates developed a new version of this instrument. It was called (laughs) self-description. Instead of using a checklist, this test forced respondents to make a choice between two or more terms. So there's your false choice again. Factor analysis of this assessment added to the support of the disc-based instrument. So, and I, along with my entire department, took the most recent version of this DISC test last year. For purposes of this podcast, we took the free assessment because I couldn't find my 40-page printout from my work <laughs> assessment. But if I re- recall correctly, my, the results I received were fairly similar. The ones that we we did on this free test contained way more advertisements than the one that my office paid for, though. <laughs> the DISC acronym now stands for Dominant Direct, Inspiring, Interactive, Cautious and Careful, Supportive, Steady.
1: Why do they all have to have two? And why are they in the wrong order? This is terrible. That would be dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you copy from Wikipedia next time, Newman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the results are laid out in a surprise disc shape with the D and the I in the upper left and right and the C and the S in the lower left and right. Dicks. Dicks. Got it. The horizontal divide of the disc shows your motor drive, with D and I, so dominant and inspiring, being more outgoing and fast paced. And C and S, cautious and supportive, being the more reserved and slower paced. The vertical division of the disc shows your priority drive, with dominance and cautious being task oriented and inspiring and supportive being people oriented. The further you are on the outside of a quadrant, the stronger your response to that trait is. So clear as mud? That clear anything up for anybody?
1: Uh, sure. All just fast. kind of flowing past me.
2: You want to find another DD quiz to do? So the conceit of the disc test. Is that it shows you your natural and internal style, who you are, as well as your adapted or external style, who you present to the world. From what I've seen, this is unique to this test, saying, this is who you are and this is who you present. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was like the big conceit for this one. I thought that was kind of cool.
3: I thought, yeah, I thought that was interesting,
2: too. Mm -hmm. According to this test... My style is C slash SD. So I have a blend of cautious, supportive, and dominant traits, with cautious being my most prominent trait. As they refer to it in the business, I'm high C, but don't drink me. (laughs) (laughs) And I am not inspiring at all. I got a zero in inspiring. According to the test, some words that describe me are careful, focused on excellence, problem solving, collaborative. How did everyone else shake out? Ashlyn?
0: Okay. I don't understand how I got these results. (laughs) <laughs> you took a test. You clicked. So I apparently got the S slash CD result. That's fantastic. It tells me. I um, think
3: everything's sup- going to say so that is support- fantastic. So
0: you are supportive and steady. No, I'm supportive, cautious, and dominant. Mm-hmm. Some words that describe me are helpful, kind, results oriented, and careful. I chose all of the answers that were basically, don't make me talk to people. (laughs) I don't understand how I got helpful and kind out of that. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. I know. It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I have to say. This test is garbage.
3: (laughs) Laura? I got the CS style, so I only got two. So I'm mostly cautious and somewhat supportive. My cautious traits are probably a little stronger than my supportive traits, as it says. So uh words that describe me are critical thinking, careful, committed to quality, and helpful. Yeah, but I I don't know. Um also I'm reserved and I probably prefer individual or small group interaction and I prefer to work alone uh or with one or two other people. I'm like eh, not necessarily Yeah.
0: You probably like to get things done in a way that protects other people's feelings. Where did you get that
1: from? <laughs> the person who wrote this so, is an idiot. So, no, 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 no! I
3: can see this. Like it protects other people's feelings. So your 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 goal is. I just don't want to deal with them. Their interpretation is. I want to make it very easy for everybody else (laughs) so I I won't interfere in what they're doing, where you're like, get the F out of here. (laughs) I have to deal with you. I will hurt you. That is protecting their feelings. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And their physical selves. I was
1: going to say, of all of the people that I know, Ashlyn cares least about your feelings. That's not true. Of all of the people I like, Ashlyn cares least about your feelings.
0: (laughs) Ouch. Uh, Like, the one question was if somebody calls you, what do you want to determine first? And like, my first answer is, why Where did they, they call, call me? <laughs> and that is one of the answers, but instead of emailing me or texting me, <laughs> one of the possible answers is, can I talk to them? No.
3: Yeah, yeah. Ernest, stop calling. <laughs> yeah. So one thing though, th- this test doesn't measure any extroversion or introversion no. traits. And so that's where they make assumptions about how people would want to interact with other people. I yeah. think it's more based for a work group kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very clearly yeah. work. When
3: you are in a group of other people and you have a task, which role do you fill? Yeah. Is what it's for. I think if anybody
0: ever did this as like a pre-employment thing, I would not get hired. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. It seems like you're really helpful. So. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, what did you get? So I got, like, no useful answer. Uh, (laughs) None of us did. You have a blend of doer, supportive, and cautious traits. (laughs) From the results we have so far, we cannot tell which of these traits is strongest in you. You may have a very balanced blend of all three traits. So uh, I got an equal indistinguishable blend... Uh, in a way that sounds totally meaningless. Some words that describe you are decisive, logical, analytical, and helpful. They, they then move on to try to complete the sale. So one of the big problems that I had with this, aside from the thing that I mentioned earlier where uh, it was hard to distinguish between aspirational versus, mm-hmm. like, what what I would really do, is that in their answers they join together a whole bunch of things that are not related to each other. So yeah. one of the choices was, the way I see myself most is A. Doing, driving, and accomplishing. B, patient, kind, and helpful. C, logical, factual, and correct. D, friendly, fun, and persuasive. What what does, like, friendly and persuasive have to do with each other? Mm -hmm. Patient and kind and helpful are all distinct. Uh, Yeah, so, like, the fact that those are all, like, linked together. I see myself as one of these things, but not all three.
3: Sort of like when you're taking an exam and it's, like, A and B. A, B, and C, A, C, and D, and you're like, well, I know A and D are right, so I'm gonna guess that C is gonna go along with Mm -hmm. this. I don't agree, but I'm picking this answer.
2: One thing that I found really annoying in the paid version of this test, at least the version that I did through my office, requires you to enter an honorific in the preamble and all of the printed test results because you do the test online and then you go to the big meeting and they hand out your test results so everybody learns at the same time what they are. And then we have to discuss it for like three hours. Oh, God. Aww. So the, the paid version requires you to enter the honorific. And the printed test results refer to you as honorific, last name, in every effing sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it made me extremely
2: annoyed, as I'm sure you can tell. The online test, which is more geared to the individual than to the individual's employer, uses words like you and your in place where it refers to the individual being tested. But now my supervisor, manager, and director, who is my manager's boss, know that Mix Bailey because I used MX, is very cautious about uh, above all things, and is about as inspiring as cauliflower. (laughs) (laughs) Cauliflower is delicious. But does it inspire you to lead the troops or something? It inspires me to
1: eat a different vegetable. (laughs) So
2: even though this is more self-assessment baloney, I am impressed that the free version gave me the same result as the expensive version, with less information. Maybe I'm just that good.
3: (laughs) I mean, with, with only four categories, it's not that hard to get the same... The well, same... it told Jem he was everything. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: can't figure you out, Newman. That it kind tr- of
3: sums him up. <laughs> A little bit of Everything.
0: I think Laura had the most ridiculous personality test. Uh, it was also the shortest and
3: most fun to take, so I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my test is called True Colors. And like Lauren, I was also introduced to my test in the workplace at a day-long seminar, if you will. No. Wait, what? It's
2: for work? <laughs> and I oh took a God. day? Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yep, because often, or usually, this test is administered during day-long or weekend-long sessions. It's part of the training package. It's the test that we did, I found for free that probably shouldn't be out there, but is, and I took it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it costs something like $50 a person for to do it thing? online. And that's just to do the online thing. Never mind having the facilitator come out and tell you all about your true colors and how to interact with each other.
1: Oh every business, like like we're past the heyday of like business seminars and workplace consulting, I think, to some extent. That was such a grift. Like, the 90s. Like, I think that provided most of the money for my family to live. But still.
3: So, of course, everybody wants their, their workplace to work smoothly and and effectively and people to be harmonious and, and that. But, so yeah, the, I was first introduced to this at work. And it was, at the time, it was fine. You know, it was a day that I got paid for that I <laughs> wasn't working. So that was okay, too. And this isn't my professional career. This was not when I was a part-timer somewhere either. I have
1: a, I have a question, like a pretty basic question up front. What the hell kind of four-color system uses green, blue, orange, and gold? I'm, I will get to this. <laughs> like even the TVs for tetrachromates that George Takei was hawking made more sense than that.
3: I will get to that. So I think the best way to sum up this whole test, and not just this test itself, but the reason the test is as, as it is, how it came to be, is... Successful businessman has personal tragedy, becomes a devotee of a new thought pattern, resets entire life pursuit in in pursuit of improving the ideals or tenets of this thought pattern and bringing it to the masses. This is essentially the story of True Colors. So let me explain a little bit. It was developed by a person named Don Lowry in 1978, I believe, and similar to... Lauren's test, the disc assessment there, it's also based on the the Myers-Briggs inventory loosely, but that is the basis of it. And Just like Myers-Briggs, of course, it's based on Carl Jung's theories, the the rational and irrational thinking, the introversion, extroversion, and, and the personality type. So the premise of this test here is that each person has a unique mix of personality styles. So the true colors serve to identify in ourselves and in others, so for us to identify in other people, what their dominant personality styles are. Of course, like all of the tests, they say it's not meant to put you in a box, but it's meant to illuminate and open up. However, I really feel like the more you put labels on something and the fewer categories you give people, the more boxy it becomes. Right, there's only there. four types of people. Exactly. So, so with the true colors, as Jem mentioned... There is only four colors available, blue, green, gold, and orange, and I'll get into the names in a little bit. So this test works on the theory that, and this is the the Jungian theory, that personality styles can be predictive of our temperament and of our behaviors, which has been shown, as Jim mentioned, to not be super valid. So knowing the dominant styles allows us to have a better understanding of why others act in the way they do, which will promote improved communication, decrease conflict, and help us with self-improvement goals. So the way this test works is that you're given a set of questions, or they're not really questions, they're called word clusters. And so there are five rows, and there are four word clusters in each row. So for each row, you're asked to rank them from most to least, which word clusters Cluster represents you the most. So you're not supposed to look at the individual words so much, but you're supposed to get the general feeling or idea of the words and then rate that one. You go through, you tally your scores, and then at the bottom, it gives you a chart and links your score to the color and tells you what your dominant color trait is. So, like some of the things in the disc assessment, going through it was a lot of like, yeah, okay, I like these three words, these two I'm not super into, but this category doesn't really jive with me this one doesn't work for me over here or like i only pick one maybe two out of it so i'm yeah, like okay i'm say, gonna go like, with this not one to worry too much about the individual exactly words and exactly the feelings you get it's, so it's sort of that overall idea like if you read it if you were reading something very quickly and you said yeah yeah i like that idea or no i don't as opposed to okay i'm gonna pick apart every stance i hear
0: sounds like the best astrology reading
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, like I said, it's based on the Myers-Briggs, but with only four types. It's much simpler, and that's by design here. So... Don Lowry. I gotta tell you a little bit about this guy. So, Don Lowry is not a psychologist. He does not have a psychological background. He does have a background and uh, university level education or degrees in education and also business and some sports uh, coaching, I believe he had a background in. So, this is, and he was a fairly successful business person, I imagine. Yay, sports. Yeah, was sportsing. So
1: we should uh, proceed with confirming him to the Supreme Court immediately. He sounds like a stand-up guy. Of
2: course, of Ooh, course. That joke's going to be evergreen, Jim. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's okay. He's going to be on the Supreme Court forever anyway.
3: So he himself, he didn't come up with a lot of things. He really took some other ideas. Um, he was a devotee of Kiersey, who was a contemporary and collaborator with the Briggs and Briggs-Myers family there. So he uh, Kiersey had a slightly different path, and so what Lowry did is he took Kiersey's model, which also had 16 types, like the Myers-Briggs, and condensed them down. So his idea was, wow, this is great, I love what your work is, how I can bring this to the masses. So it's too difficult to bring 16 types there. We want to make it so that anybody can do this test and anybody can understand these things, so I'm going to condense it down to four. And the way he decided to bring it to the masses is that he made sort of a stage show, day-long session all about the colors using the archetype characters uh, and colors being characters in a show. Lauren is lighting up like I've never seen before here. I was going to say, he said, it sounds like the Godspell
2: of, like, version of... Myers-Briggs, so this fits perfectly.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, apparently, right when he was starting it, he mounted this one-man show, and he played all four colors (laughs) (laughs) and held character cards saying which color he was and things like that, and apparently, according to this essay that his wife wrote all about his process and about him, it was... Incredibly well received, and that spurred him on to continue <laughs> developing True Colors International, the company that sells these workshops and testing. And so, Cindy Lauper reruns, yeah. So again, it's so similar to disc in that it mostly exists to ha- to do corporate sessions. It mo- and even you were saying Myers Briggs is like that too. Yeah. It's there to sell training basically what it is. And it's not, yeah, it's to illuminate and have discussion, but it's really there to sell training. All of it is about selling training. So because you guys are so interested, why are the colors named as they are? Well, (laughs) Lowry had specific reasons for choosing these colors. He chose the colors to represent the characteristics of the people of that group. Yes, Ashlyn. Are the gold people sparkly and shiny? No. Damn. So blue is meant to represent, or he chose that color based on water and flowing and ocean um they're emotional and caring <laughs> kinds of people bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. okay <laughs> green Good um stuff. green is based on the idea of plant life of growth because green people are analytical they're growing their ideas <laughs> Analytical, people. just
1: like houseplants
3: <laughs> <laughs> but plants are growing jam growing i got it slightly different for green but i'll tell you after okay Orange is energetic, spontaneous, craves new citrus. things. Yeah, <laughs> citrus. Orange represents fire, action, change, which is what the the Why orange people red? do. Like orange and gold are so close together. If they had gone red gold. I'm and gold. almost getting there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus, Jem. I'm Warren by default, but mostly Jem. <laughs> You picked a test that's too ridiculous. We can't stop. Okay, and gold is based on the idea of the earth and its resources. It provides structure, protection. Gold people like like and provide order, organization, and rules. Side note: Lowry really wanted to call this color brown, but especially the gold people objected to that color, and they really liked the gold because gold <laughs> people liked being called gold and gold ideas. And so he went with gold. Unlike some of the other tests, I mean, this one says it's not meant to put you into a box, but it very explicitly encourages people to say things like "That's a blue idea," or, "You're such a green," or something like that around the office and use that as, as ways of talking to each other. No, yes, very, terrible. very You're much so. That (laughs) Oh, yes. Totally. There were definitely people because in this workshop we had to take those little stickers. I already forgot that you (laughs) had
1: done this in your workplace. It's already, I can't keep that in my brain. It's so stupid.
3: And we put it Name tags, so bad. everybody knew what your dominant <coughs> oh, your color takes. and what your non-dominant color was, and then you sat together, and then you sat with other colors, and you were to look at like how people were grouped in your organization. Wow. Oh, it was so good, you guys! It was so good. Okay, I got more. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, wait, what okay. did everybody get? We didn't get to. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go around the table. Jem, what are you? What color are you? What do you think I am? I think you are a green.
1: Yes, I am very much a green. <laughs> I'm my, green. My, uh, my scores were green 19, blue 9, orange 8, gold 14.
3: I
2: got green 17, gold 13, blue 12, orange 8. Uh, I got green. I was going to bring my sheep, but I didn't, so I don't know what else I got. That's fine. I found a really great definition for green. What's that? To be a green means to stand ready. In the Trollic Wars, we were often called the badalaja. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> Shut up thing she said trolling what the hell was gonna be I did not think that you guys would get such a kick out of this test I just remember doing it I'm like I don't want to look up other tests I'm gonna do this thing okay I've got more it's good we talked about the color types how everybody should identify their color and then you can understand yes did you actually say what you were no. No, not yet. I'm a gold this time. Which Ooh. differs. I was a blue before. Ooh. This was seven years ago and life is different and things like that. I was blue-gold seven years ago and now I am gold-blue. So the difference was two points. It's not a big deal. It's probably like yourself who've kind of, or like yourself as well, um, Ashley and Lauren, who have kind of flip-flopped between different categories for things at different times. So nerd, 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 not a nerd. <laughs> yes. <what> we're <laughs> I like order and structure and rules and I really blame my children for for all of that. Uh. <laughs> so what evidence is there for this? Well, their website goes on and on about the research that they have and they've done to verify the validity, the content, and the construct of this. 16 to 20 years ago they conducted some research. What they did is they took a sampling of people attending these True Colors workshops and or Uh, trainers of these workshops and put them through these tests, as well as some 100-level psych students. So anybody who's taken intro psych has done this kind of thing before. And obviously, first-year psychology students are the most reliable and applicable to all people. Oh, God. Anyway... So, they did do some research. The primary researcher was also a True Colors Master Level Trainer. Trained psychologist, but very entrenched in the system here. So, they found that their results were reliable. So, they did test-retest with a 5-6 to six week gap with these groups. And they found a reliability coefficient of 0.94, 1.0 being perfect. So, that's very high. So However, most
0: people got the same color. So, most
3: they. people got the same color that they did the first time. Now, for myself personally, I know, N of 1, but over a seven-year span, that changed. So, I really think that their five to six weeks is probably not indicative of things. Their content validity means, does it measure what it says it does? And so, it got similar results to both DISC and the MBTI there, which is unsurprising. They ask the same types of questions and, and that. It's just a repackaging. Construct validity, so... This is where they asked the participants to rate, do you think that these answers are actually reflective of you? And they got very high marks from those people there. This was not peer-reviewed. It was not published outside of their website. So it is some kind of research that they love to talk about. Nothing's been done since then. Um, nothing longer term has been done. So, you know, it's it's research, but what quality? I don't know. One thing that strikes me, did anybody go to the True Colors International website and just no. kind of look around or look at what their personality types are on the website? Or did you just do the PDF? Just, just at the PDF. Okay, so... I would recommend you go to the website if you've got some time to kill because they explain lots about there. One of the nice things is that when you look and say what is an orange personality, it will tell you famous oranges and put Ooh. pictures of them. My question is, how did they get Lucille Ball to do this test?
1: Oh yeah, they the they, they do that for Myers Briggs too. Like Myers Briggs yeah. will just like take like they I think they classified like Aristotle and Plato too. Mm-hmm. Like they just like they just make up and some Mother bullshit.
3: Teresa. I was Mother Teresa. <laughs> Yeah, she's a blue because okay. she's caring. So is oh, Oprah.
1: These, these people clearly looked
3: yes, into know. Know Mother Teresa. Yeah. So, and this is so frustrating because it talks about being able to really take those inner things and what mean, what's important to you and put that in a color pattern. But then they're taking people that they don't know that haven't filled this out. And remember that these are famous people. Most famous people have some sort of a persona out there, because either by necessity or by design. So how do you know that the persona... So what you're judging is a persona. It's not... Or a, in the case of Mother Teresa, perhaps a um, an illusion. Hey, and not, uh, not the true person. So they need to do the disc
2: where you can see the true person. And who they present to the world.
3: Right, exactly. So they're getting it wrong again. And then they also rank... They're able to give an idea of the percentage of the 7 billion people on the planet, which percentage uh, is of each color. So did you know that 45% of the people on the planet are golds and Whoa. only 10% are greens? So you're in a in a small group. We're very overrepresented on this body. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... I have a lot of problems with a lot of these things. Um, They make a lot of references to things like, this test works for right-brained and left-brained people, introverts and extroverts. It says, and it just makes inherent common sense. I'm like, okay. So, true colors. You guys seem to think it was ridiculous and kind of fun. It was easy. It was really easy and Mm -hmm. short, which is kind of nice. Having gone through a workshop, it was very meh. (laughs) <laughs> so was the
0: version that you took in the workshop about the same? Like it was only like five like five things of
3: words? I cannot remember. Okay. Like I said, it was years ago. I don't remember. I know we spent a lot of time talking about how to interact with each other and why people act in different ways, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the test was different. I based on the wording from the website and just the other materials, I think that it was it is the same word cluster format. I think okay. you just get a lot more Show
0: With the workshop
3: If you can find the free one And you're really interested Go for it (laughs) Otherwise You know Pick a color you like Which one do you like Just choose that one It's probably just as accurate Read the descriptions Figure out which one you are But don't forget Your true colors are beautiful Like a rainbow
0: So I decided to tackle a type of personality testing that I heard about on the curiosity.com podcast, and they seem to be really big into the fact that this kind of personality testing has some scientific backing. It is called the ocean, or canoe, or big five testing. So the premise behind it is that there are five essential personality traits, and Uh, Underneath each trait, there are some like subtypes, and all of everybody's personality can be broken down into those types. There are a lot of quizzes out there that are based on this type. We took one that had a ridiculous number of questions, and they were short phrases like, do you think that being organized is important. And you could rate it, was it most accurate? It's like
3: very inaccurate, (laughs) moderately inaccurate, neither accurate nor inaccurate, moderately accurate, and very accurate. That was the one, yeah. So it's like
1: a statement about yourself. I feel that this is...
0: Right. And the, the instructions tell you... Uh, again to answer as you really are not as you want to be which is really hard for a lot of people as we've discussed they also say do not blame the instructor if your computer crashes during the <laughs> yeah, test do yeah.
2: not email him <laughs> if you do not get your results page
0: yeah the one that we did uh, apparently like one out of a hundred times it just doesn't return any results after you answer 300 questions so this is a really long spiel about you can't get mad at him about it yeah.
3: <laughs> he goes into I'm a psychologist not a software developer yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as you can tell from the website, it's <laughs> really funny. So the test itself is pretty boring and long, and you don't end up with like cute little names for all of your different personality quirks, uh, unlike the MBTI. So it has gotten maybe less attention than other types of personality testing. But I thought it
1: was really interesting. It certainly felt <clears throat> more accurate at the okay. end to to me.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna go through uh, the Big Five types together and talk about what sort of results we got. So, despite the acronym being OCEAN, these were not presented in the order OCEAN, which I was very upset about. The first chunk of personality traits is extroversion. Extroversion is marked by pronounced engagement with the external world. So, extraversion is something that I think all of our tests measure to some degree. Lauren's a little bit less, but they were still like, whether you want to engage with people or not, I do not. <laughs> and then the subcategories underneath extroversion are friendliness- gregariousness, assertiveness, activity level, excitement seeking, and cheerfulness. So I uh, surprisingly scored a 52 on extroversion. Whoa. What? (laughs) So most of my extroversion apparently came from my cheerfulness. So because I am generally positive person, I got points for extroversion. Want mine? (laughs)
2: Yes. I got a one.
0: Okay. For cheerfulness? Nope. Or for extroversion, extroversion. as a whole. Whoa! Oh Lord.
2: How is that possible? My friendliness is one. My gregariousness is one. My assertiveness is ten. My activity level is 83. My oh. excitement seeking is 25. And my cheerfulness? One.
3: Hmm. Activity Gem? level, though, what? like, just to clarify, it refers to, like... Moving around and busyness—it doesn't refer to I like I think so, like well, physical activity doing stuff. Yeah, doing yeah, stuff. It doesn't mean paced, that you like lives. to be doing stuff. No. It just means that like so people that just feel busy or feel they need to be doing things will have a high activity level, right. even if it's not pleasurable to them. Yeah. Yes. That's me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I gotcha. My extroversion score was twenty-nine. Friendliness, 17. Gregariousness, 16. I'm just like a sort of slightly toned down version of Lauren. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that? Toned up. Yeah. Assertiveness, 70. Uh, activity level, 95. Wow. Excitement seeking, 16. Cheerfulness, 11.
3: Okay. I can't believe Jim got more cheerfulness than
0: me. <laughs> you had got less than 11? <laughs> oh, I don't Damn.
3: Okay. To be fair, I did three of these and I was feeling particularly down and every test made me feel worse and worse oh, about no. myself. <laughs> so I did retake this. These are my original results. Um, I retook this yesterday because I'm like, okay, I wonder if things change. I think yeah. my cheerfulness still didn't go up a ton there, but my ext- my second score of extroversion did go up a bit. Okay. Anyway, so my first version, I'm just going to go with the first one. I got 36. So again, I'm kind of surprised that I'm less extroverted than yeah. you. Um, <laughs> Friendliness 59, gregariousness 75, assertiveness 6, unsurprising to me. Mm. Activity level 82, excitement seeking 22, and cheerfulness 5. Mm. So. Okay.
0: Yeah, my other big score under extroversion was assertiveness, where I got 87. So I am assertive and cheerful, which does not make me extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> I will end you. <laughs> Pretty much. (laughs) This test also goes into uh, a big spiel about how none of these things are bad things to be, and so you shouldn't feel bad. Like, there's one that's called morality, (laughs) and so you shouldn't feel badly if you score low (laughs) on being moral, (laughs) which seems like a bad thing to name
1: it if you don't want people to
0: feel bad.
1: My my guess, and uh, I don't remember the test that well, but my guess is that it's like, how important morality is to you, not, yeah. like what you're
0: uh, it's similar to is. that, yeah, but yeah. we'll get to that, okay, okay, so the next big trait is agreeableness, so agreeableness reflects individual differences in concern with cooperation and social harmony. Agreeable individuals value getting along with others, they are therefore considerate, friendly, generous, helpful, willing to compromise their interests with others. Disagreeable individuals place self-interest above getting along with others. They are generally unconcerned with others' well-being and therefore are unlikely to extend themselves for other people. Sometimes their skepticism about others' motives causes them to be suspicious, unfriendly, and uncooperative <laughs> 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 But again, none of these are bad) <laughs> Okay, so agreeableness. I got a big old 27. <laughs> but apparently I'm, I scored high on sympathy, which is one of the mm-hmm. traits. I scored a 75 on sympathy, uh, a 3 on modesty. Very <laughs> bad at being modest about myself, apparently. So she with the head covering. Well, there was a bunch of questions about, like, do you think that you are inferior to other people? No. <laughs> so there's where that score comes from. 66% on trust, 35 on... And 34 on altruism and morality.
1: 66% on trust.
2: Yeah. I feel really I bad about my scores. <laughs>
0: Alright, how did you do then? My
2: big domain for agreeableness, I got a 7. Ouch. My trust was 1. <laughs> my morality, 1. <laughs> my altruism, 1. Oh my god. <laughs> my cooperation, 7. My modesty,
0: 79. And my sympathy, 99. Wow. So, I talked about this before, but I think that both Jem and Lauren have a problem with how they see themselves versus how they actually are. And so, I think that, especially for things like whether you trust people, you... Well, we do have
1: anxiety disorders. Yes,
0: exactly. And so, when you're saying do... When the test is asking, do you trust people, you say no, but like in real life, you actually do trust people more than a one. I trust you, I trust Dave. <laughs> These two are a little suspicious. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they decided to breed, so I don't trust
2: them
1: that much. <laughs> So how moral are you, Jim? How moral? I, I I got 65 on ah,
0: Morality. Ah. My
1: total agreeableness was 51. My trust was 7. Morality, 65. Altruism, 30. Uh, cooperation, 51. Modesty, 42. Sympathy, 99. Woo! Mm, I that's... maxed out a few of these. Yeah.
0: Sympathize <laughs> with you that
3: <laughs> one. So overall, I have a 68 for agreeableness. My trust was 83, so I make up for Lauren, and what was yours, Jim? Seven. (laughs) (laughs) I make up for you guys. Morality, 45. Altruism, 66. Cooperation was four. Which is really weird. <gasps> weird, yeah. Because the definition, individuals who score high on the scale dislike confrontations. So you're all about the confrontation. And those who score low are more likely to intimidate others and to get their way. I got that too. I do not like confrontation. Yeah, I see it for I you, Ashley. Really <laughs> yeah, like for you, like, like you take this on a day when your toddlers were particularly persnickety. I will sometimes push and say, no, I, I want it my way. But generally I'm like, no, I'm not going to have this confrontation. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. So that doesn't yep. make any sense to me modesty 75 and sympathy 95 so not as high as you guys but
0: <laughs> almost. so i i did want to read the definition of morality how they put it here high scorers on this scale see no need for pretense or manipulation when dealing with others and are therefore candid frank and sincere low scorers believe that a certain amount of deception in social relationships is necessary
1: yeah that's so, me that is a really weird thing to call morality.
0: I know, right? Like, so it's like, a very like odd being definition. polite. Yeah, like, wh- how much of a mask do you need for social situations? All, all of one. all masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got 34, which they call average. I think anything from, like, 30 to 80 70, was, yeah, was pretty average. I found that to be a strange definition. Yeah.
3: I wish they had called it, like, frankness or something.
0: Mm, yeah, that makes sense.
3: Because that's more about what it is. If you have high morality, you just. Say things as they are. And you I don't know, feel you well, I just you call it honesty.
2: Well, any of these I'm gonna get a one and feel like I hit the <laughs> the whammy. Womp womp.
0: So my sympathy score surprised me as well. So I got seventy five on sympathy. But the sympathy thing says people who score high on the scale are tender hearted and compassionate. They feel the pain of others vicariously and are easily moved to pity. So that does kinda work for me. But Low scorers are not affected strongly by human suffering. They pride themselves on making objective judgments based on reason. They're more concerned with truth and impartial justice than with mercy. So that also kind of goes for me? are not a teenage boy on the internet, though.
1: Yeah, like, there's a lot of... I only feel feelings on
2: my way to interpreting things with my brain, like cold hard logic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of, like, logic, rational virtue signaling that is just a... Uh, sort of a convenient mask for being selfish and not caring about others Mm -hmm. so i tend to be highly skeptical of claims to value objectivity at the expense of caring about shit
0: okay (laughs) yeah yeah and I, I do, you know, like the fact that I do genuinely care about shit.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm borderline, which essentially turns into, I care about shit too much. Any other comments on agreeableness facets? So our next one is conscientiousness, which is an interesting one. It concerns the way in which we control, regulate, and direct our impulses. Yay! Impulses are not inherently bad. Occasionally time constraints require a snap decision And acting on our first impulse can be an effective response Okay, so Conscientiousness, 33
1: for Ashlyn (laughs)
3: Apparently I'm very impulsive (laughs) Really? Laura? For conscientiousness, 43 Gem?
1: 67
3: One! (laughs) What? One!
1: I don't understand how you could possibly have done the same test that I did I
2: I don't, I did a 300 question test
1: Yeah, me too (laughs)
0: So, mine is apparently average at 33. It means I am reasonably reliable, organized, and self-controlled. Reasonably. (laughs) I like to live for the moment and do what feels good now. My work tends to be careless and disorganized. See, but that's not true.
1: I set clear goals and pursue them with determination. People regard me as reliable and hardworking. My uh, self-efficacy was only 33, but my orderliness was 92.
0: See, mm. yeah, um, I got 50 and 29 there. 1 and 33. I thought the orderliness was interesting, because I could tell while I was doing the quiz, there were a lot of them like, do you like an orderly environment? Yes. But also, do you leave shit around your house? Yes. <laughs> so it yeah. kind of cancelled each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was my
2: lowest scoring one of all of them. Self-efficacy 1, orderliness 33. Dutifulness one, achievements driving one, self discipline two, cautiousness two.
1: Don't worry, we're both gonna score high on the next one. <laughs> yeah, next one we're all the winning.
0: I got a seventy two on cautiousness, which surprised me. I That's guess weird. I got a sixteen because I wasn't super big on bungee jumping. But I guess on disc, I got like a high C cautiousness. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, high scorers on cautiousness take time when making decisions, but that is way naysayed by everything else on this category.
2: Laura, any
1: stickouts for you? You're very orderly
3: I am very orderly, 87 on that Mm. Cautiousness, 67 again Not surprising for me No, no, I don't think anything was really surprising for it
0: So we have two stars in the next category Neuroticism Woo! Do get out, do get out (laughs) So I got one low score
2: In my vulnerability, that's the lowest score I had in this domain It was 98
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you got a solid 99s across the board for neuroticism Uh, Mine was not quite that high. I got a 99 for neuroticism with a 99 for anxiety. Anger was only 92. Depression, only 91, which seems low to me. (laughs) Uh, Self-consciousness, 93. Immoderation, 88. And vulnerability, 92.
2: Jim, did you fail at depression?
1: Uh, I'm easily upset, even by what most people consider the normal demands of living. (laughs) Yep. People consider you to be sensitive and emotional.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I got 88 on neuroticism So I'm not too far behind Oh yeah Anybody want to guess where
0: my score was?
1: 3
3: I'm going to say not 3 but less than 20
1: I'm going to say 33
0: 38 Mm. So almost all of my scoring in this category came from immoderation Because there are questions like Do you like to eat? (laughs) (laughs) I am straight Hell yeah I like to eat (laughs) Give me some cake Yeah, I got 94 in the (laughs) (laughs) moderation. And How am I the scold in our family? And everything else was pretty low. I got a, like a 48 in vulnerability. I don't... I never looked at the definition of that one. What is vulnerability supposed to mean here? High scores on vulnerability experience panic, confusion, and helplessness when under pressure or stress. Low scores feel more poised, confident, and clear thinking. Your level of vulnerability is average. Yeah, alright. I think you
2: think you do more than you do. I though. know.
0: <laughs> alright, so that was neuroticism. And I believe we have one more left. This is the one that really threw me for a loop in my results. It is called... Called openness to experience. Openness to experience describes a dimension of cognitive style that distinguishes imaginative, creative people from down to earth, conventional people. Open people are intellectually curious, appreciative of art, and sensitive to beauty. They tend to be more aware of their feelings, yada yada yada. Closed people prefer familiarity over novelty. They are conservative and resistant to change. They prefer the plain, straightforward, and obvious over the complex, ambiguous, and subtle. One
1: of the things that I noticed I- in this one is. Uh, the intellectual style of an open person may serve a professor well, but research has shown that closed thinking is related to superior job performance in police work.
0: I bet.
3: <laughs> oh oh, true. Well, uh, can I add the sure. line that you did not say? It says that the closed people may regard the arts and sciences with suspicion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, which is an, a hilarious line. Okay, so,
0: you can imagine my surprise. For openness, I scored a 28. Wow. Apparently, I hate art. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Literally. uh, So, artistic interests, one. (laughs) How? (laughs) Okay, so, my... You are an artisan! (laughs) I, I make shit all the time. It's my favorite thing to do, is make stuff. I love making things, making art... So my theory is all of the questions about art
3: in this quiz were do you like to go to art museums no yeah. like i okay so i only took the shorter version uh-huh. only 120 instead of 300 questions uh, or 160. I don't remember. And I feel like there were only two or three questions about art museums, yeah, we're a and a the lot rest in the of it yeah. was okay. But so I, the second time I took my test, I'm like, I'm gonna, I, I like art more than this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna score those ones <laughs> oh, high. So, biased so I yourself. biased and it went up like one point. Wow. Oh, so I think so,
0: most of the questions about like nature and stuff were also. Oh yeah, there was here. that,
3: and I said, but I swear,
0: I, I like, I high. like nature. How yes. did I score a one? <laughs> So, uh, obviously, this test is garbage, because right? <laughs> I scored a one. I scored a 92 in liberalism. Ugh. Oh, you close-mindedness. Yeah, come on. 99! <laughs> 99!
3: 99. 99. 99. I think I did... Dude, I got a 97, actually.
0: I, <laughs> I scored myself as, like, mostly agree or mostly disagree, rather than the extremes more often. It was, yeah. it was hard for me to pick the most extreme one.
1: I, I I feel like I did middle of the road for a fair number of these. I, I did I this know.
2: several weeks ago before we went on a very long vacation in the sun, so I can't remember.
0: <laughs> I also scored a 26 in intellect. Ouch. I think that's cool. because I don't like uh, having philosophical discussions. <laughs> I scored a 35 in that, yeah.
1: For My openness was 83 nice. uh, overall. Wow. Uh, I got a 65 for imagination. Artistic interests... I have a minor in theater. I only got twenty-eight emotionality, ninety-three. more
0: emotional than I
2: am.
1: Adventurousness, twenty-five. Intellect, seventy-one. Liberalism, ninety-nine.
0: I only got sixteen in adventurousness. I like. I feel like this whole category is wrong, except for liberalism, yeah. which should be more extreme than it is. I don't know. I
3: got a two in adventurousness, which is like kind of bang on. So, I mean, you like kayaking? No, and, and, and so I say that, and it's more so like thinking about the big scary things. I always kind of shy mm. away from it, but I like going out and traveling and things. I don't like just sitting at home, so it's hard to be like, well, what do you mean by adventurousness? I could look it up.
0: And I think part of the key, too, is where they say in the intro, that's easy to miss, you should compare yourself to other people of your sex and age and country and so I think when I think about like women who are 30 in Canada I would probably do some more of the extreme answers than I did
3: hmm 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 interesting yeah (laughs)
0: Any other uh, fun outliers for this one,
3: anybody? I got a one in imagination. Whoa. That's not true. (laughs) But it's because I answered a lot of the, like, there were a lot of questions about sort of daydreaming or drifting off. Yeah. And I find myself off track a lot. I always had this idea of, Well, they must mean sitting there dreaming of my next big project or this, like, oh, this fantastical thing, some kind of abstract. And I don't do stuff like that. I'll frequently go down a rabbit hole. I'm looking up one answer and going, oh, this looks really interesting. And Going down there, going down there. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's that's the same sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm just, I'm thinking about all these different things that are interesting to me, but I wouldn't call that, like, daydreaming. Yeah. So I'm i mean, imagination
2: 61 because I can't stay on topic, especially at work. I'm always
3: completely pointed to my task
2: and
0: never thinking
2: or Googling anything that's not, <laughs> not <related.
1: laughs> yeah.
0: So I was initially drawn to this particular test because I was led to believe by the Curiosity podcast that it had some scientific backing, but I haven't actually been able to find much in the way of evidence for that. (laughs) Um, uh, It's based on something called the lexical hypothesis, which is basically that if an emotion or a trait is strong enough and important enough to people, it will become its own one word. And so words like extroversion and neuroticism or whatever, they are important enough to people and basic enough that they have become a word instead of a phrase or a set of words. Okay. So that's how they determined which were the five important ones. Emotional shorthand, sort of? I guess, yeah. Well, Um, the
1: subcategories are are multiple words. Right, right. But that's Mm -hmm. why they're subcategories. Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) The criticisms of it is um, that obviously it doesn't explain all of human personality. They say that it's way too simple, uh, and also that they're... uh, Much like the Myers-Briggs test, it doesn't predict anything. It's just talking about what's already there. And moreover, what you can see in yourself. Not what, you know, isn't something that is findable without sort of making you answer a shitload of questions. Not objective. <laughs> right. And so I really didn't find anything that would tell me that it's more likely to tell you anything interesting about yourself than any of these other quizzes.
3: One thing that I did find in researching some of these other ones is a reference to this type of big five thing, mm-hmm. saying that more psychologists prefer this because of it's based on trait as opposed to types. Right. So it's different things that you can... Display or have to different degrees, but it it really doesn't seek to put people into boxes. Like it rates them on different it, levels. It describes of you instead it describes, of categorizing yeah. you. And and yeah. it and at least in psychology, um, from what I was reading, it helps guide people in different ways in understanding in actually dealing with their personality and and moving forward and growing and whatever it is they want to do. Whereas the other ones really just like we've said, kind of regurgitate it back and try to make somebody fit a mold rather than actually exploring some of the things there. Okay. So um, I don't have much to go on except that i that's something that it kept coming back to. It's the, the way that it measures things is mm-hmm. why they like that one.
0: Okay, yeah. I guess I just didn't feel like that was a scientific basis for this is your personality. But it, I guess it isn't so much telling you this is your personality. I don't know. Because
3: it doesn't tell you, you know, like personality is more than... Do you like to talk? Do you like to go out and meet new people versus sit at home with mate, with a friend or two? Personality is like, you know, do you like quippy? Do you like to say things that are quippy? Do you like jokes? Do you like di- different things like that? Like there's so many more per- facets of personality, mm-hmm. which is why when you when you get shoved into a color or one of the disc uh, letters or something like that, you don't all of that nuance that makes each person themselves gets lost. You still don't know what type of jokes a person likes based on this big five, but it, tend- it helps you understand a little bit more, okay, well, you're really cautious or you're um, really high anxiety or something like that, so that may inform why you choose some of the things that you choose.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been doing personality tests for psychologists or for work for the better part of my life, and I'm tired of them all. <laughs> I think they're all bunk, even the ones that have more of a basis as Laura was saying, it's it's a good argument for this Big Five, but
0: I still think they're interesting, and I, I also think we learn about ourselves by taking these quizzes, and then uh, it's interesting to see what we disagree with
1: as well. Self reflection is important, like right. mm-hmm. at the very least, like some some of these questions ask us to consider things about ourselves that we might just sort of take for granted rather than thinking about. Mm -hmm. And it's always interesting to think about or to recognize that you may have a different approach to a lot of these basic fundamentals of life than other people do.
2: Like somehow we can use a BuzzFeed quiz to describe perfectly different pizzas and get the same results as one another.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which pizza toppings do you like? Somehow Lauren and I get the same (laughs) answers despite being omnivore (laughs) slash vegan. Well, that's all for us experimenting on ourselves for this month. What are we
1: talking about next month, Jem? Next month we'll be talking about patent medicine.
2: Tips Ooh. Ooh. on morphine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cocaine? That's in all of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. the answer is pretty much they all had alcohol, yeah. morphine, and cocaine in them in different ratios. Laudanum. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: and, and radium sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give it away. All right. Get your here
0: we'll be back with that next month thanks for joining us have a good night night
1: you've been listening to life the universe and everything else if you have any questions or comments or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show send us an email at l-u-e-e podcast at winnipegskeptics.com if you want to show your support give us a review on itunes or stitcher follow us on twitter or facebook or just share the show with a friend our music is produced by the very talented ian james and this episode was edited by lauren bailey
0: We missed all of that great commentary about horrible things that happened to us at war. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, we did. <laughs> You'll have to find something else to put in the outtakes, Lauren. No problem. I always thought Cindy Lauper was the original one. She is. She, she is. is. Oh, she is? Oh, I okay.
3: did, Her version is the worst. Oh well, <laughs> uh, okay.
1: that's where you and I differ. That's where,
3: like the okay. Cindy Lauper one. It's her I, signature voice. I don't, thing. I don't like her voice. That's fair. I, when, I, I, I hear understand that. When I hear it, sounded so good.
1: Co- so, co- Coca Pelli. Coco,
3: <laughs> Coco Pally, yay! Yeah. What
2: color is the sky in your world?
0: Blue?
1: <laughs> Her world also uh, has Rayleigh scattering.
3: <laughs> What's Rayleigh scattering? It's what makes the sky blue. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. D- differential diffraction.
3: Like, I know what the process is. I just yeah. didn't know what the name was. Whatever. It's a good trivia answer. Well, I will forget it immediately. Just think of the <laughs> Raelians. Mm, that's unfortunate. Uh...
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel, I feel like they're they're pretty okay as far as alien sex cults go.
2: <laughs> they're Ashlyn's favorite alien sex cult. <laughs> you
0: picked <on. laughs> See, and I think I've always been pretty naturally indisposed against astrology because I'm a cancer (laughs) 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 no but the part that has always made me think that astrology is bullshit is that like the defining feature of the cancer sign is supposed to be being very close to your mother
2: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) no yeah don't
1: speak recalculating yeah (laughs)
3: Anybody else see that little uh, little hourglass? Little
2: spin- spinning, thing? Yeah.
0: rerouting, rerouting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Mac. It's a spinning rainbow. Oh, that's true. Yeah.
1: a oh, beach ball for a moment. <laughs> that's what you call it. You're you're yeah, like yeah. beach balls. Yeah. yeah. You guys, I'm
3: about to go supersonic if you don't stop.
1: <laughs> Your voice is already getting
3: there. <laughs> I know.
0: I can't believe this is an episode.